there was a period of my life where there was a lot of dust on my Bible. And I hope you're not in a period where that is the case for you. If it is, open it up. Read it. that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. That's Matthew 7, 12. I'm excited to be with you here on the podcast, Discipleship Conditioning. We talk about Matthew chapter 7 today. On the heels of last week, Matthew chapter 6. This is the last chapter, chapter 7 that is, of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. And as with chapter 5 and as with chapter 6, chapter 7 is really difficult to wrap up in 30 minutes or less, but I will try my best. Nevertheless, I encourage you to look at Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, as our goal is always to direct you to the Bible. Again, that's why we name each of our podcasts after a biblical verse, to encourage you to open your Bible. There was a period of my life where there was a lot of dust on my Bible, and I hope you're not in a period where that is the case for you. If it is, open it up. Read it. It'll do wonders, as we'll talk about today, as we compare good and bad fruit. So our deep dive, our benefit today is clearly Matthew chapter 7 and all the golden nourishment that is impacted throughout this wonderful chapter. As a reminder, our mission is to bring together Christians who strive to follow the light of God or the darkness of this world, to renew our mindset through shared experience and discipleship so we can better love the Lord, our God, following his commandments. Forgive me if I seem a little jumbled today. This is take two. About four hours ago, I recorded and uh, recorded about a 32-minute podcast, which is a little long for what I like to do here. Uh, Long story short, there was no sound, so couldn't really publish that because it turns out in a podcast you need sound. But here we go with take two, and I'm going to start with a story. Let me set the stage for you. I'm in my little white electric car at about 7.55 a.m. this morning, hurtling down the road. I tend to be a speeder, hurtling down the road at 32 miles an hour. Obviously, you now sense my sarcasm. The speed limit, don't worry, was 35 miles an hour. I'll stay off the topic of speed limit in the definition of limit as I tend to aggravate those around me with my driving. Yes, I'm one of those that drives under the speed limit as I take the definition of the word limit. Literally. Nevertheless, hurtling down the road at 32 miles an hour and a 35, cutting it close, only got three miles left. And out of nowhere, heading westward, about to cross Main Street, a large white SUV pulls out in front of me. Now I'm being dramatic. It wasn't that bad. I've had worse. I've had instances where I've had to slam on the brakes. I don't think I've ever rear-ended anybody. I've been rear-ended myself, but nevertheless, this certainly wasn't the worst experience I've had with somebody cutting me off or pulling out in front of me. I mentioned the story so that you can think for a moment how you would react in that scenario or how you have reacted in that scenario. I'll tell you how I have in the past, and it hasn't been very Christian. 
there's been some choice words and what I find in the experience is a lot of statements end with me or are focused on me. And that's obviously pure and utter selfishness. I'm concerned with how my route to work is impacted or how my day has now been interrupted in a way that I didn't want it to be interrupted. Not very Christian-like at all. But today, I simply slowed down to about 18 miles an hour. Didn't turn my blinker to go to the open lane to the left and go around the person. Didn't look at the person as I passed them. Certainly didn't have any hand gestures to give them. I just stayed a few car lengths behind them and reestablished that distance um, and, uh, and kept about my day. And I'm not saying that to, to brag or show off. I, I want to pay respects to how I set up the day and the glory of God in it. I woke up at 5 a.m. this morning, did my Bible study, headed to men's group, and was about an hour early to my teaching assignment for the day. Had I hit a red light, it wouldn't have changed my destination time or my arrival time all that much. Have I been late before? Yes, I'm not a morning person. If I don't have obligations, I tend to not wake up when I should. If I'm at a form of employment that I don't enjoy, has been the case as has been the case in my life two substantial times, I wake up at the last minute. Maybe that sounds familiar to you. So if we replay this entire scenario down where it's 8.55, by the way, I had to be to my teaching assignment at 9 a.m. and I hadn't done Bible study that morning, I'd skipped breakfast, barely got a shower in, certainly hadn't been a part of men's group, Sadly so, I probably would have proceeded with this interaction differently. There's two things that we could do, right? We could come up to this interaction with somebody pulling out in front of us and we could say choice words. And we could continually put the focus on how I was interrupted or I was inconvenienced. Or we could say the sun was risen by a little bit, but it was still just barely over the horizon. I was heading west in a white car that's itty bitty. So if I'm in that person's shoes and I'm turning right, which would be westward, the same direction that I'm heading, at that point in time, and I look to my left to see that car, or more accurately, not see that car because in the blinding light, which is the sun, you probably can't see this little speck of a white car at all. So you pull out like you normally would with no urgency because you don't think that there's anybody there. Had I been able to come to that conclusion, had the events of today not set up the way that they did? I hope so. But if I'm being human and I'm being honest, probably not. And that's a warning to me in the future because that's unacceptable. Everything that I've done to either set up my day or not set up my day shouldn't change how I treat other people. That's not Christian. 
So I share that story with you not to brag on what I was able to achieve. It's it's fairly minuscule. It's being just a decent human being. It, it should be the standard, not the exception that we gloat or that we celebrate. But to relate to you, because undoubtedly you've been in that experience yourself, and connect some dots. What did I do differently today? I woke up earlier. I opened this book called the Bible. I read it. Took a shower. Got a quick breakfast to go. Showed up at men's group. Rather than come back home and turn right back and leave for my teaching assignment, went straight to my teaching assignment. Figured I could get there and open up my laptop and get a few things for the business done. Not an overly wild day, but one that was set up with God first. And that's the point. So I'm motivated in the future to make sure I'm doing just that. And I'd like us as a community, you podcast listeners and those around me that know me directly to hold me accountable and develop a relationship where I can hold you accountable as well. Are we setting our sights on God? Are we setting our days up with God first? Are we setting our days up to where God is the first and best fruits? What we're giving him is the first and best fruits. Is that harder for someone like me? Well, boo-hoo, maybe it is. I'm not a morning person at all, but too bad. Bible talks about donating your first fruits and your best fruits and makes them synonymous that first fruits are the best fruits. So I need to give God the best part of my day. I need to put on my armor of God so I can be prepared for instances. Really not a big deal. I went from a rocketing 32 miles an hour down to 18 miles an hour. But that could have been just icing on the cake in a negative fashion had I not woke up on time and had I not put on my armor of God that God provides for us. So I encourage you to do the same. And I'm happy to share that story with you. Again, not because I think it was exceptional. I think it was very ordinary. At least should be ordinary. I think this applies greatly to what we're going to talk about today with good fruit and bad fruit. And we'll start that discussion with Matthew 7, 3. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Again, that's Matthew 7, 3. I have a question for us. Maybe it's mainly for me, but for us. How is it with a log in our eye that we so clearly, with 2020 vision, see the impurities or imperfections in others? But yet, when we have the same impurity or imperfection, we're blind to our own view. That's what I take from Matthew 7, 3. I like to think that I err on the side of caution here by not judging others. But I think I'm a hypocrite. I think that I do not outwardly judge others 
But as I've indicated in previous episodes, I spend a lot of time in judgment. And I do so in my head. So, congratulations. I don't outwardly do it anymore. But am I still inwardly doing it? And how can I stop that? Well, like anything else, it's make sure your heart is set on God. Make sure you're in the Word daily. You know, I used this foundation analogy this morning in men's group. And by the way, uh, if I haven't mentioned it already, if you're not in a men's group, if you're not in a women's group, literally pause this podcast and go find one. It is that important. Is it more important than your Bible study and your prayer time with God? No. But it is an incredible, wise counsel supplement. And I believe it is that important. Lost my train of thought there because I'm passionate with the men's group. And I'm so lucky to be in the group that I'm in. Oh, I remember. I used the analogy with them this morning that I feel like I've called Jesus over. And Jesus owns a forklift. Excuse me, not a forklift. Uh, Jesus owns a crane. And I've got this little cabin on this old, old foundation. And it represents my life. And I've asked Jesus, lift this cabin up so I can take a look at the foundation. I don't think you'll be here more than four hours. What am I looking for? I'm looking for cracks in the foundation. And I have found a lot of cracks in my foundation. And I turned to Jesus and I'm like, it's going to be more than four hours. I apologize. In fact, it's going to be most of 2023 and sometime in years prior and a lot of time in years forward. And I'm so thankful that he will do that for me so that I can find the wrongdoings in my foundation. I can repair them. One of which is my judgment and my snap judgment. The things that come in my brain. Now, I don't want to say that I'm just thinking the worst thoughts about everyone. I don't. I think the worst thoughts about myself. I'm the worst judge of myself. That's my biggest struggle. But I do far too frequently think about the speck in others' eye. And I have to stop my brain. I have to stop myself. And I have to ask for forgiveness. We'll talk about that with what we're seeking and what we're knocking for here in just a little bit. But again, I present the question to you because I think it's a profound one and it's one that uh, gets us to be philosophical and think deeply. How do we see others' faults with 2020 vision, but at the same time are blind to our own faults? How, do, how does that work? Moving along, Matthew 7, 8, for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. Again, I'm no biblical scholar, and I don't try to be. I do have aspirations for PhD work in biblical exposition, but I don't pretend to be a scholar at this point. But for me, who asks, receives, to me, that's asking for forgiveness. For me, that's the summer of 2020, where I prayed with God. I don't remember if it was aloud or in my head, but I prayed to God. I'm ready to do it your way. I've tried it 176 times my way, and I don't know why. I still vividly remember saying that number or something in that ballpark. I don't know why I said that. It was 
more accurately thousands of times I've tried it my way, but nevertheless, none of it worked. I'm ready to submit my life to you. I'm ready to accept the free will that I've been given and the option I have to say no and reject you and change my answer to a yes and accept you. So I asked for forgiveness and I received it. When I read Who Seeks Finds, to me, this is my daily commitment in scripture and prayer. This is my relationship with God. The summer of 2020 would all be for naught if I said that meaningless statement, and I say meaningless because if my heart is not directed towards God, it is meaningless, and continued about my ways. Now for me, it wasn't a profound experience where I changed in that instance, but in some ways I did, just not profoundly and from zero to 180 degrees. For me, it's been gradual, it's been a little day by day, but I can see myself improving day by day, and I do that by what I seek. Do I have a perfect attendance record for Bible study? No, I do not. But I am motivated to have as close to a perfect attendance record as I humanly can while accepting the forgiveness that I've been given when I fall short. I recognize that I'm not perfect, and I don't I don't enter heaven based on Old Testament law. I don't enter heaven based on a perfect record. I enter heaven because my attorney in the judgment is Jesus. And he's paid for the price for me. And he vouches for my sins. He pays the price. And he already has paid the price. And he represents me before the Father. When I hear or read, Who knocks it will be opened. I think of that persistence. Christian life is not easy. It's not easy at all. And we're going to talk about that next. It is not easy. The gate is narrow. It's a difficult route. If you want to bear good fruit, there is a lot required of you. So that knocking to me is persistence. Continual persistence. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it, or enter by it, are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Well, gate is wide, Gate is narrow are the two points that stand out to me most vividly. When I read the gate is wide, I think of the choice to say no. And a lot of times I think of the choice to say no by doing nothing. A lot of people think that doing nothing is doing nothing, but it's a choice. You're making the choice to do nothing. And by doing nothing, you sort of settle to the bottom and you just follow the path of least resistance. And the path of least resistance in our world is secular. It's watching shows that you shouldn't be watching. It's profanity out of your mouth that shouldn't exist. It's using your mouth 10 times more often than you use your ears, despite the advantage of having two anatomical features called ears and only one anatomical feature called a mouth. The gate is narrow. In this, 
I really am humbled by free will. I respect tremendously free will. I've used the quote quite frequently by Dan Allender that says, without the ability to say no, yes has no meaning. So I get the sense in this narrow gate that God does not wish for us to stumble upon him via our nothingness of choice. God wants us to choose him, and I emphatically do so. I recognize my inadequacies, and I emphatically choose God. But it's not easy. Traveling that path and the narrow gate is not an easy journey. But it wasn't meant to be. It was meant to be a test for us. Matthew 7, 17 through 18 says, So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. I don't know that we require much discussion here, but I do think we require more scripture. In Galatians 5, 22 through 24, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified in the flesh or the flesh with its passions and desires. So if it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control, consider it an unlimited plan. There is no cap. Do as much of it as you wish, because that is a representation of the glory and gloriousness of the Holy Spirit. Bad fruit. Just before that, in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't do it. It's on that list. Don't do it. Now, it does say, and things like these. So we have to investigate the Bible further if we want a literal list. But that's quite a list. and takes care of a tremendous amount of the sin that the flesh wants. We have to reject what the flesh wants as said in the end of Galatians 5 through 24 or 5:22 through 24. And we do that by first asking for forgiveness and continually seeking and continually knocking. What did you think of our advertisement earlier today? Did you enjoy it? Well, I'm confused if you said yes because we had no advertisement. Uh, but I think I'm funnier than I really am. The point of not having an advertisement, we've said since day one, is because we don't want to bombard you with advertisements that make no sense to what you need. I'm a podcast listener. There's probably 12 different podcasts that I have that I'm subscribed to. And some of them have advertisements and some don't, and I appreciate the ones that don't. And I want to consider that as a podcast host to listeners of our show. And so I hope that you appreciate that we do not have advertisements. 
we do introduce our website as we take a moment to self-sponsor and we try to do that organically and try not to detract from the show by doing so. So with that being said, you know that you can go to erratphysiology.com and I have mentioned a few times on both podcasts, Mondays, Biblical Anatomy and Wednesdays, Discipleship Conditioning, that our new website is biblicalanatomy.com. Now I say new with hesitation. Is it newer than the other? Yes. But we have both and they both take you to the same place. So why do we have two? Well, I really like the name Ararat Physiology, but a lot of people don't direct there. A lot of people don't know how to spell either of those words. No disrespect. They're not easy words. But Biblical Anatomy people know. And it gets more to the direct detail of what it is that we do, which is provide anatomy and physiology courses that are based in the Bible. Pretty simple. Nobody else does it. We do it. We provide it for a whole host of people, but mainly college freshmen. If you have a college freshman or you are a college freshman and you're interested, please reach out. I'm going to include our email uh, in the show notes rather than announce the email in the show as I've done previously. That way you can just click on it and send an email. If you have prayer requests or you want to talk to us more about anything that we've said, we would love to hear from you. We genuinely want to have a relationship with you. I mentioned also in the past, and I'll mention it briefly today, that tips and referrals are necessary for this podcast to continue, for both podcasts to continue. There are also links in the show notes that you can support us in that way. What's the take-home message? For me, I think what has been fulfilled at this point in time, and and I I think back to Matthew chapter 5, did not come did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. What has been fulfilled? And what do we owe he who fulfilled it? More so on the philosophical side than most of the take-home messages, as is the 2020 vision question that I presented earlier. But I think it's important to really truly recognize our choice and to really, really truly really, truly, that was difficult to get out, recognize our responsibility and measure our success in that in the good fruit versus bad fruit that we are exhibiting. I set my day upright and I'm not so frustrated at having to slow down to 18 miles an hour. I don't set my day upright. I probably am frustrated. Let's conclude, like we always do, with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen.